Hi everyone, this is Joshua Hoffman and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success and discuss a few things they learned along the way. Today I have Courtney Wasserberger, the CEO and president of Right Left Agency, a results-driven digital marketing agency that optimizes ROI for clients through a unique combination of warm, fuzzy creativity and cold, hard data analysis. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And so I want to start off with uh, your LinkedIn mentions that you went from, we're, we're jumping right into it, uh, <laughs> mentions um, that you went from an account manager to president in four years. Um, so I need to dive into that story. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. So um, I have a kind of a unique situation where I joined this agency when I was very, very young. Um, I was probably one of the first account managers. Um, I joined within a year of it starting. And so we were very, very small. And I just happened to be able to help the agency grow. And as we grew, positions kind of opened up and we created them so that I was able to move up into the position I am now. So we went from just having a couple of employees when I first started to now we have 15. So I was just a little bit lucky (laughs) when I joined the agency and, um, and was given a lot of opportunity for growth. And I really took that seriously. And I, um, I really committed to it because I realized how much I enjoyed what the agency is and, and what we kind of stand for. And so I just wanted to make sure I took as much advantage of that as possible. Um, and it worked out really well. <laughs> Were you there the whole time or did you like end up leaving and coming back? And, and what did that look like? No, yeah, I stayed the whole time. So um, I've kind of really been committed to right left agency for like the majority of my career. Um, so when I just when I first started, I was just doing I mean, I, even before I was an account manager, I was doing freelance work for the agency. And um, I really loved the work life balance and that we were fully remote. And um, we were getting to do a lot of really cool stuff and being really um scrappy. (laughs) And I really liked that. So I was able to just like dig in and, um, and luckily our founder, Alex gave me a lot of um, power (laughs) to kind of make it whatever I wanted to make it. And so um, that's how we kind of grew up. (laughs) I don't think you're going to like this question. uh, But what that probably scares you more than it probably. (laughs) (laughs) What do you honestly think like made you better than the rest? And then yeah. allowed you to, to move up to that point to being. President. I mean, I don't. I don't think that I was better than the rest. Oh, I, think, no. <laughs> I think that the agency, like the way that our founder Alex, like really set up the agency, just really worked well with my working style. So, I really care about systems and structure and uh, automation and like setting things up so that we can be really efficient. And that's really how. Um, how Alex envisioned the agency was that it would give people like her and like me an opportunity to do really good work, but not have it be all consuming. And so um, I think we just really jived. And so it, it worked out really well in the long run. And I think that's why I did well because, um, because Alex and I worked really well together. And so she was okay with me um, systemizing stuff and she was systemizing things and that's really how we grew is, is through the systems so did, do you think you kind of already had those skills and it it puzzle pieced well into this or do you think that you kind of identified that this is how the company works this is how alex works let me try to change my 
current skills into fitting that? No, I think I've always been this way. I've always been extremely structured, um, very, uh, very systems driven, very structured driven. And so, um, which was a challenge, I think, in previous jobs where there was just like a lack of structure or they didn't respond well to, you know, me wanting to put in structure like, hey, this could be a lot easier if we did X, Y, and Z. We did it all the time consistently. And so um, it was a lot of kismet, I think, that I met Alex when I did and um, and then what it kind of what right left agency became. But I, I definitely came in with a lot of those skills. I've been able to hone them a lot. Uh, with this job, which I've really enjoyed. And it's been cool to be able to do a job where it rewards the things that I'm already kind of natural Mm -hmm. at. Um, But I definitely have always been this way. (laughs) Do you have, does that mean that you have kind of weaknesses on call it the other side? Um, And do you think it's important to focus more on the weaknesses or the strengths? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, uh, I definitely can identify my weaknesses around like a lot of like perfectionism and (laughs) things like that. Um, And I have found that as we grow the team, it's been a really good mix of like pulling in people who kind of balance us out, um, balance me out. And the people that do the best tend to have like one, they, they, understand and respect the the structure and the systems of right left because they understand like the overall value of it but they also bring in a lot that um a lot of value that I just can't provide because I'm you know I I can be too um black and white with things sometimes so (laughs) it's about like kind of like growing the team in a way that balances everybody and has like a really strong dynamic well I think honestly the the firm name literally spells that out uh like being right and left brain i assume that's where it comes from obviously the analytical and creative side um i think that's really interesting i i'm a strong believer in and sometimes i call it or maybe i took this from somewhere like diversity of thought and if everyone has the same thought on the team you're just getting the same result or the same answer over and over again um where at the end of the day you want as many data points as possible and you're going to get multiple data points through multiple opinions and multiple ways of thinking and things like that. So um, it sounds like not only you've identified that, but like, I mean, literally the company name. (laughs) So uh, how did you meet Alex, the founder? So Alex and I actually have a very sweet story, I think. Uh, So I, we went to the same college, Chapman University in, um, in Orange, California. And Alex had this job at a lead generation company. And she needed an intern. She was like acting as a a marketing manager, which was pretty impressive for her at that age because we were both still in college. And um, she needed to hire an intern. And so she went to the internship fair at at Chapman. And I went to the internship fair looking for an internship. And we met that way. And she interviewed me and we hit it off. And so she brought me on as an intern. So she actually gave me my first internship. And then um, we just worked together really well. And we were really in the trenches together. And we worked a lot of jobs where we um, we were overwhelmed. And <laughs> we were really learning how to do marketing and trial by fire. And um, so she kind of moved on to other companies, other roles, and she just kind of brought me along with her. And then eventually she decided to start her own agency and really take control of, you know, 
what her career was. She's kind of a serial entrepreneur. And so um, when she started her agency, I went off and did some freelancing for a while. And then she brought me on to the agency after she kind of had established some stuff. I guess you never know where an internship will lead. I, I love that because, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I, no, I totally agree. I think that um, internships can be so hit and miss. And I, I am so lucky and grateful for just the timing of it and meeting Alex when I did. And um, I think that both of us really recognize like that does not happen a lot. So I don't think like that's like a clear, um, you know, path to success. But I will say that if you take every opportunity really seriously and like really put your all into it, I think that that's like what kind of leads to success in the long run. The reason I'm really glad you kind of talked through that whole story is because most of the people that we talk to are the founder of the company and therefore CEO and president. Um, But obviously, I'm sure there's people that that might not be their path, even if they are going to end up being, you know, the CEO and or president of of the company. Um, So thank you for giving a, a nice little different opinion on how you got to your point. I think you're the only I think you're the first, I should say. Um, that wasn't the founder. So I, I'm glad we kind of, we went through that. Um, a little bit more on being, you know, president and CEO. And I forget if we talked about this before or if I found this somewhere, um, but you mentioned or somewhere mentioned that you're an introvert. Um, yeah. so I guess I want to understand what it's like to lead a company as an introvert. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as hard as it might seem, I guess. Um, I think that I really enjoy um, individual personal relationships. Like I enjoy getting on calls and like really digging into people one-on-one. I think in group settings, um, like when I'm out networking, like that's where it gets a little bit overwhelming sometimes, but I feel like the personal relationships aren't as challenging. It does get hard sometimes when you're on, you know, eight hours of calls in a row, but um what has really helped me actually is having a fully remote agency. Like we are, we have always been fully remote. We've never been in office and our team members are all around the world. And so it's a lot less of the day to day kind of general social interactions and more intentional ones. Um, and that has, has really helped me. And I mean, I think I've grown a lot too, is to be a little bit more extroverted, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think it's more, shifting into personal one-on-ones rather than these, you know, big group um, interactions that you would have at a normal office. Yeah. I'm, I'm an extrovert. And, and at first I thought that I loved, you know, I think everyone loves the idea of working from home. Um, but I actually realized that like I started for the first time getting my like two o'clock tiredness yeah. because I don't have that energy boost of talking like to me, talking to people in person or in groups or, you know, something like that. Um, where I think actually video calls can be more, even for an extrovert, sometimes draining. Um, then especially if you have, I know, I think there's like studies behind this, but especially if you have your camera open and you're looking at yourself, I think that actually makes it even more tiring. I actually on the, even in this call, uh, we record video for anyone that's listening. I actually hide my, my camera so I I don't see it. Um, so, so I, I totally hear you on that. Uh, Last question on this. Um, do you have any kind of like best practices for how, you know, making sure that you're keeping your energy or something through, whether it's a networking event or, or something that does typically drain your energy. Do you have any kind of like best practices or anything? Yeah. I mean, I always just make sure I give myself buffer time. Um, and I also, I think a big part of 
like understanding your own personal energy levels and like what affects them is really important and like respecting that. So when I first started, I started uh, doing a lot more networking the last few months. And at first I was like, I'm just going to go to every single event. And like, I was like, I'm really going to go for it. Cause I think that you should always like fully commit to things. And I realized that um, it was making me worse at everything because I'm so exhausted after, you know, going and talking to a bunch of strangers in a loud space for two hours. And so I identified a few of like the most effective things. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to focus on those things and then give myself, you know, a half an hour before and a half an hour after to just like chill <laughs> like, like quietly, whether that's just like driving in my car or whatever. Um, because if you're, if you're spreading yourself too thin, your energy is low I think then it starts impacting your team members and it, it impacts like the, you know, introductions you're having, your your first impressions with people. And, uh, and so I really had to like slow that down and address that. <laughs> I would just quickly say uh, sleep, I think is also the same. People think that they have to like power through and, and not sleep as much and work and wake up early and all that kind of stuff. And uh, my phone happily told me that I've got eight hours of sleep by the last five days. And I can tell you that I've had so much more energy. Yeah. Um, so I, I would add that uh, to it yeah. as well. No, I totally agree. I'm a big believer in like getting your full eight hours of sleep um, and like catching up on sleep and knowing that you're going to be so much more productive. I think there have been times in my life where I've been like, oh, I'm just going to push through and I'm going to work till midnight. And and exactly. the work is getting done, but then I've started finding that like, okay, if I just like, is it going to make a difference if I get it done tonight or at first thing tomorrow morning? And I find that I'm way more productive, get a lot more done if I just do it fresh in the morning. I'm oh a morning God. person though. So there's that. Amen. I, I'm getting better at being an early morning person, but I agree. Like it's just, whether it's that whole like decision science that you, it's, you can make, you have like a certain amount of decisions you can make throughout the day and then it, it tapers off. Whatever it is, the mornings are just, I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, take a step back. Can you tell us just a little bit more about the agency? Yeah. So like I said, we're fully remote. Um, we have team members all over the world uh, from New Zealand to India, the Philippines, the UK. Like we have team members who just travel around. Right now we have a couple in South America. Um and so we're fully remote. We're also full service. So we do just about anything online. So Facebook ads, Google ads, we build websites, do SEO, email marketing. We have a really strong email marketing um, person. And we and a really killer creative team. And so the way that we kind of came to that is that we, we really started with ads. We focused on Facebook ads and Google ads. And we're making all these Facebook ads and Google ads. We had all these clients. It was really great. But the challenge was that you can run an incredible campaign on for online ads, but if you don't have a really good website, a good email marketing flow, you don't have like the funnel set up, it really doesn't do actually that much for the client. And so we started to think, okay, we need to find specialists and experts in each of these like major service areas. So that way we can support a client fully. So we have like some of the smartest people that I know working on our team. Um, we have like a specialist for each area and then they collaborate to create like the marketing strategy and keep everything moving. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like a general <laughs> overview. Yeah, no, that was great. When um, was there like a certain point that you guys realized that, okay, we're doing ads, but we need to expand our services because 
I'll let you answer that actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of it came very naturally because clients, I mean, I'm sure that any agency owner will um, attest to this. Clients will ask you for stuff that you may not do. So we got to these situations where they would, we would be running their ads and we'd be like, yeah, man, like your, your, uh, your website, it, it's just, it's not conversion optimized. Like that's the problem. They're like, Oh, well, can you fix it? <laughs> can you, can you do that for us? Or, you know, they'll, they'll come to us and say, Hey, like we think that we need email marketing. And um, anytime a client comes to us and says, Hey, like, can you do this? If we don't know how to do it, if it's something within our like general realm, like we will figure it out. I think it's the figure it outness that has really helped us grow. And it's really like guided us into like our like where we are, like what we have, because clients will ask for what they need and then it's your job to provide. Um, so that's really what drove what service. It's not like we were like, you know what, let's do email marketing and then go find email marketing clients. The clients were already there and then we're like, let's support them with email, you know. Do you guys, there's kind of two parts to this question then, do you guys hire any contractors for that type of work? And and if the better question is, how do you decide when you're going to hire someone full-time versus being a contractor? Yeah, that is an excellent question. And it is like, I think the best way to grow an agency actually is by in kind of the answer to this question, really. So we, most of the our team members, most of like our full-time or part-time team members started out as contractors. So we were a big believer in um, looking all over the world for the best talent possible. And so anytime we had a project or we knew like, okay, like Facebook ads or Google ads, like, yes, I can run the Facebook ads or Google ads, but I need support. I need help. So we went out and we tried to find contractors through Upwork or Fiverr or whatever. And Ultimately, like I was running the ads, but we were bringing in different people to kind of help support and project work, just all project work, seeing what they could do, seeing how they worked within right, left, seeing how they interacted with other team members. And then whenever one would actually like stick and they were like, they were getting it, they were understanding, they were really reliable, their work was really good. That's when we say, hey, you know, like we've been working together for a few months. You've done some good projects for us. We really like working with you. Would you be open to a retainer or like an actual position here? And that's, I mean, like literally our entire team is made up of people who started as a project and doing contract work. And then we we kind of like won them over and <laughs> told them to come on to retainer. Um, so that's how we we always approached hiring. Genius. Um, because obviously, you know, it's lower risk, um, both for money wise and competency or, you know, just can they do this wise? Um, and then I guess you then build the track record as opposed to just hiring them right away. Um, yeah, no, that's incredibly smart. Um, any kind of like best practices or tips for hiring and finding that right person? Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah it's hiring is so hard it's so challenging um and it's i think it's become more challenging over the years Um, after the pandemic i think people had like a real come to jesus moment with themselves with what do i want what do i want my workspace to be and what kind of skills do i have to offer and so it's definitely become more challenging because i think people are moving around a lot in roles so i would say that um not everybody can work for a right left agency. And, and you should think of this as like your agency is like, 
like, yes, you want your, your culture to be really opening and inclusive, which is something that we really strive for, but not everybody can work remote. Like, like you said, like some people just want to work in an office and that's okay. Some people, you know, the corporate grind is not for them. And we're like the least corporate company you can work for. But if you find that, like, I don't want to answer emails all day, you know, I might have all of these incredible skills and I might be really good and have like an eye for, you know, something. Um, But I don't want to do all of the, you know, sit at a computer for, for a couple hours a day and that's okay. And so I think that when we are hiring people, we're not only looking for skills, we're looking for personality fit. We're looking for something that is like fulfilling for both us and the, the employee or the team member. Um, and being really understanding and open about, hey, like if you're not seeing this as a long-term fit, like let us know early. Like we'll try to move things around and see if there's a good role. But if there's not, please tell us soon so we can like figure that out. Um I will say that our most success has really come from starting people on projects and then confirming that they like the culture. They like working with us. We like working with them. They do good work and knowing that they want to pursue better. They want to pursue excellence and they really care about the thing that they're doing. And once we identify all of that through project work, that's always our most, our longest lasting employees or longest lasting team members um, and most effective ones, really. That's interesting because they say you're supposed to hire slow, fire fast. Yeah. And I feel like you actually, not that you're doing the opposite, um, well, at least we haven't talked about firing, which is my next question, but um, but you're actually hiring, well, I guess you are, yeah, you're hiring slowly. Um, yeah. it's, it's, great- just that we're, it's almost like the interview process is like a paid interview process where we yeah, pay them exactly. for their, the project work, but it's, it's a matter of like giving them enough work and getting them through training to see if, you know, it is a good fit. Cause it's, it isn't for everyone. <laughs> I think that's really important. And I think it's actually a good thing to kind of have a culture that not everybody fits into. Cause if everyone fits into it, then it's what it's not even a culture at all, you know? Yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, okay. So I do want to ask: have, have you guys had like a bad hire? And the real question behind that is like, what did you learn that you won't, yeah. you know, that you'll identify in the future, or you won't do again, or whatever? Yeah. So I think all of our i i wouldn't I wouldn't say that we had bad hires. I I have a deep love and appreciation for everyone that we've worked for. So I want to be clear about that. I think there were definitely we've had hires that didn't work out, and usually. Um, what happens is someone will come on thinking one thinking they really want to do remote work or thinking that they want to do uh, marketing. And usually it's for um, a role that's more client facing. So like an account manager role or something like that. And then they get into it and um, sometimes they'll have, they'll realize, you know what, actually I do want the, I do want to go into an office. I do want more, interaction. Um, and that's really hard for, for people or they find that they're not as in tune with the way that we run things, which is a lot of collaboration between specialists and, and account managers and the clients. And so that becomes really hard for them. I think that the stress of dealing with clients is a lot. Like you really have to be a very unique person to want to work with clients. Um, sometimes clients can be really challenging. Um, and, 
usually those people tend to self-select out after a while. We'll, we'll get into it. And we had, you know, lots of check-ins in the first couple of weeks. And so we'll say, okay, like, how are you feeling? What's, what's, what's the main thing that's kind of like bringing you down? And we'll try to address those things. But at the end of the day, if you want to not be remote and you want, um, you don't want to work with clients necessarily, or this kind of work is too stressful, then, you know, you, it's not a, the right fit. <laughs> you know, I actually want to go back to something you said in that answer, which is, uh, like the way that you guys collaborate together. Um, yeah. how, you know, how do you control that collaboration? So whether it's because you guys are remote or just, you know, you're saying that sometimes it is, uh, project manager that really controls final decision for anything. And there's not, you know, everyone's collaborating, but it's really their decision. So like, how do you control that collaboration? Yeah. So usually there's kind of like one person who's like responsible for pulling it all together. Um, but we, each specialist like knows what they do. So we bring them on to an, a kickoff call, or if there's, you know, working on a project, we'll have like an internal meeting where we'll say, okay, here are all the things we need to do. Here's, you know, the, avatars for the client and here's the brand guidelines and we kind of go through everything and we say okay you're gonna do this you're gonna do this you guys should work together on this and then everybody kind of goes off and they set their own meetings together and they pass work between each other a lot of times the the ads team and the creative team they probably have the most collaboration so they actually the the director of paid ads and the creative director they have a, a weekly meeting um, which they set up on their own because they realized how valuable it would be for them to do that, where they identify what are the like main needs that we need to, to address this week. And let's like talk through them. Let's, and you know, Richard, the, the director of paid ads will say, Hey, Cammy, like we're, these are the ads that are doing the best. And then Cammy will say, Oh, cool. Like here's some things that we've seen trending. What if we like combine those two ideas and like create a new round of ads for this client? And so it's a, it's a lot of like, I, I think that's the, the big thing too with this agency and what I've seen in more successful agencies is people are really self-motivated um, and take a lot of initiative. And so our director of paid ads and our creative director, they want to do the best they possibly can. Like they really genuinely care about putting out a really good product. They want excellent work. And so they know they can work together and create something even better than something we could do individually. And so they take that initiative and they are self-motivated to do that. And that's what we try to like, um, that's what we try to celebrate in our culture, I guess, and try to push for really. And like promote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I told you I wasn't going to ask any strategy questions, so I apologize. Um, uh, a few questions that I typically ask towards the end. Um, if you had to teach anything or something to other marketers, what would it be? I think that um, understanding that there's only so much you can do. <laughs> so I, I think one, one thing that I, I kind of rest on a lot is that uh, marketing isn't magic, but it can be magical. So if you have a poor product or you have a client that can't give you what you need to be successful, there's only so much you can do to support them. You can't change, you can't change the economy. You can't change the public opinion, but you can put your client in the best position possible to do the most with what they have. Um, there's only a certain CPA that you can hit that's possible. Like there is a number for every client. That's the cert that's, 
the best CPA, the lowest CPA that you can get. And your job as a marketer is to find what that CPA is and then just, and then let the client decide if that's low enough or not. And so I think at the beginning of my career and as an agency, we used to be like, we used to really, really be stressed out and so um, obsessed with getting, you know, these insane results for clients because they, you know, they needed a 10 ROAS or something. And so we would, we would be working so hard and we'd be so stressed out about it. And then we kind of realized like, is this even possible? <laughs> like, is it, it's not magic. Like, let's just do the most we can with what we have. Um, and kind of letting go of that, that unrealistic standards, I think has been really helpful. So that's, I think that's what I would mostly teach. <laughs> I'm going to guess you've you've used that uh, magic reference before because it, it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> what do you enjoy talking about the most that you normally don't get an opportunity to talk about? With marketing or with agencies or <laughs> anything? I, I actually usually open that up to anything, but yeah, it could be marketing or or not. Yeah, um, I guess I really enjoy. I really enjoy actually hearing other people's approaches to marketing. I think what's so interesting about this industry is that you the way that we approach things is not necessarily how any other agency would approach it. Everyone kind of has like a different thought process around like who should do what in what order and like what you should really focus on. Should you be focusing on the CPMs versus, you know, the ROAS versus click through rate? Like what, what is it that people seem to really care about and any emerging markets? I think those are emerging platforms. So like, I love hearing about what people are doing on TikTok because I am so outside of that world. And as an agency, we're constantly trying to, you know, break into it and figure it out. And so like hearing what other people do is actually really interesting to me. Like I love talking to other agency owners. You're the first person to answer that question with what do you enjoy talking about? You're the first person to answer it as I want to hear. Uh, so that, I'll be honest, if that doesn't show a good, a sign of a good, leader um i don't know <laughs> so i'll give you a little i'll give you a, a lot of props on that one i know you didn't mean to do that or whatever but that's that great um are you guys hiring any positions right now um so we're always looking for people who are interested in breaking into marketing we don't have any um open positions right now uh but if anyone has experience um in any major service area so email marketing ads um website building, creative. We always like talking to them and like keeping them on file. Cause I think that the other part of what we do is like, we're always trying to develop relationships. So even if it's not right now, we're probably going to need to hire in a couple of months or a year and we'll always come back to those people. Yeah. I think that's always the right approach. Also, especially with developers, like yes, the good ones are the great ones are so few and far between sometimes that you're just always want to be hiring developers. And then hopefully you fall into that. That good one. Uh, last question. Any book or podcast recommendations? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, that's a fair question. Yeah, I recently read The Culture Code. I can't remember who the author is, but the, let me look it up real quick. The Culture you. Code. Uh, by Daniel Coyle. And that was really helpful for me in kind of uh, stepping back a little bit. I think sometimes we're always like, in the thick of it. <laughs> and I read that um, when I was on a road trip, actually, with my parents. And so 
I had like some time we were I listened to it on the audiobook and I was just like listening to it for a couple hours a day while we were driving and it really got me like thinking about how um especially remotely developing culture can be really challenging and so it helped put a lot of stuff in perspective and we applied a lot of it I think it was a really helpful book for me at least is it something like working on the business, not just in the business type stuff? Yeah, yeah, and understanding how to like set culture that actually sticks, um, and like the little things that you do every day and how they they affect like employee morale and like the team and their commitment and all that stuff. No, I, I hear you on that. Um, and as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Yeah, so uh, you can uh, visit rightleftagency.com or you can find us on social media. I think we're all Right Left Agency, it's our handles. Um, or you can reach out directly to me um, at Courtney at rightleftagency.com if you have any thoughts or questions or just want to grab coffee. We do a lot of white labeling with clients or with other agencies. So if any other agency owner is looking to support more of a digital side, whether that's ads or website builds or creative. Um, we're always looking for those types of partnerships. Uh, thank you so, so much for, for coming on. This honestly was like one of the most fun I've had. And I think we talked about things that normally we don't talk about on this, like, like, cause you just came from a different angle and everything. So, um, I thought this was like a fantastic episode. Thank you so, so much. Um, and for those of you who learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or a follow so we can continue getting the highest quality guests like yourself. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.